me and my very best Jordan Lips and Timothy, in, was it? Impersonation. Impersonation. Dang it. Impersonation voice. What's up, guys? Welcome to my podcast, your podcast. Everybody's podcast. Everybody's podcast. It's our favorite double podcast. <laughs> I can't do it. It's Jordan, okay. you have to do it. You just do it way better. No, that was good. What's up, guys? That was good enough. That's fine. You guys are here. We're on your podcast, my podcast, and uh, just our, like, we had met because uh, we we were like, hey, let's talk about our like group mentorship thing that we can kind of tease right now if we want. But then we were both like, well, we're already here on Zoom. Like, might as well just like record a quick podcast, which I think is like great use of our time. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. I mean, really, like we just love recording with you all the time. It's always a good conversation. People freaking love it and it's a good time. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about our mentorship. For those of you who are curious about it, we are looking at May-ish, right guys? Mm-hmm. Are we determining the date, save the date? Yeah, we're going to we're going to do a a full podcast on this like as like a reference piece of content. So like this just if you're listening, like this is an hour like main shot at giving you a big description. But yeah, we're looking at for those of you guys who don't know, I'm I'm the one holding this up. I know people are excited about doing this. Um I have I'm traveling internationally like three times like four times in the next like 3 months. I'm going on my honeymoon. We're going to Africa for two and a half weeks and I'm blowing it here and we I would have liked to started this. I would have liked to have started this in like February, but you guys are being nice enough we're putting it off for me. And uh, I'm pumped to, to to get to like sink my teeth into this when we get back. So we're looking at like uh, I get home early May, and we're going to probably kick things off June first. I think that that's like what we just literally decided ten seconds ago. Um, and so just keep an eye out for like marketing stuff, information. Uh, we have a website landing page coming, and so we'll keep you guys posted on that. But it's we're something we're super excited about. Um, I think that I will say this in a very kind way. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say this. I'm going to say it anyway because it's like do it. Not a big. There's like a cup there. I have a friend. We have a friend, a com- competitor, perhaps someone else in the space. And they are, these two people are also doing a coaching mentorship that have just launched. And I am just happy in the world out there that there's like, that's not what we're doing. And I think that there's like, not, not in a negative way, but there's like, um, anyway, what am I getting at here? Just that I'm excited about the way we're doing this, because I think a lot of what we like to do is get a lot of FaceTime with people and a lot of, uh, more, conversational, more like getting together on Zoom and working through issues and a lot of FaceTime with the three of us instead of it being, it's not like a course where you like sign up and like they're here, are these modules that you read and then that's it. Yeah. It's like, we're talking about like an immersive coaching. We're talking about a relationship, frankly. Um, a lot of education, but like, man, a lot of FaceTime with the three of us. That's like something we find to be incredibly important. And I just know that there's a lot of uh, mentorship-ish sort of stuff out there that is hey, take this module that I make once and then you sign up, you get it. And then somebody else signs up and they get the same exact thing. Um, hmm. And while our mentorship will have pieces of content that that everybody gets, that's definitely a fact. I mean, I think that that's a value add. Most of what we are interested in doing is spending time with you guys and working through case studies and like just, I don't know, just having a bit more of a face-to-face relationship with us versus like this being some written course uh with like videos that we made one time that you get and never hear from us ever again yeah and then like a little cameo experience right and for the record we are fully happy to wait for you so <laughs> yeah just that little detail about you you 100%. know i mean you're out living your best life with yeah. very influencer energy being in the mm-hmm. world being a world traveler so mm-hmm. heaven forbid we not let you have that moment <laughs> thank you thank you cool but also, a smidge of guilt, but yeah cool anyway no never all right, so we're going to dive in with a couple questions, some exercise stuff, some obviously some thoughts around real lasting change. We're excited to chat about these questions. You guys actually dropped into our question box 
two weeks ago and we're like, these are fully deserving of a conversation. So we're just going to do a couple, what'd you call them? Light uh, softball. softball. Underhand. They're just like underhand, <laughs> like little underhand. like warm-ups, just... like t-ball and before we get started. Do you yeah, have we're screenshot teaming, these? Um, you said they're from two weeks ago. You like screenshot them, you keep them like for a later date sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Just to kind of, um, sometimes the questions that people ask are so incredible, but like just to write them out just doesn't do them justice. And, you know, per the usual, we're You keep them for a podcast or you keep them for, like you keep them like kind of for this situation? Kind of. I didn't know you can archive. So you can like go back into your story archives. And I didn't know this. I can do a Q and A from like, I can like pick up on old Q and A's and stuff. And so you can actually reuse all your Q and A's. Like you could just like repost all of them if you wanted to. Yeah. Or make stories out of them, make reels out of them. Yeah. Pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. As long as Instagram lets you. (laughs) It doesn't change their mind. (laughs) Which is not always. Yeah. Didn't say they would make it easy. Just said it's theoretically possible. All right. So here's a couple of little bit of starter questions um, from an exercise content. So one of the questions is I've never lifted weights before and want to start. What are the very first things to do? So of course we definitely want to plug Jordan lips in his program, because I think that if you've never lifted weights before and you want to start the best place to do it is with some form of coaching and some help. While you could walk into an LA fitness or a global gym or your garage and just pick stuff up. We know that when we lift with intention is when the magic happens. And so Definitely would love for Jordan to talk a little bit about your program. I think that, you know, both of us have actually worked with Jordan and I have to say one of the very, very best things about working with Jordan is that you can send him form videos. Mm-hmm. And now that is actually a topic we should probably talk about too, because so many people don't want to do form videos. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So let's stick with this question. Let's do that next. Okay. Yeah. So Jordan, talk a little bit about like brand new newbies. The thing I love about they start? The, the thing I love about this chat is that, uh, like the where typically like if you're if you're talking to a, a population of people that are like looking to make better gains and they're like I want to get better gains I want to make more muscle growth and stuff like that what they should do is just you know whether it's like get closer to failure and like you know pick better exercises or um, whatever it is lift heavier or whatever um, that's just like not relevant in this context like beginners rank beginners like day one beginners just like don't have to worry about that like you should really just be worried about getting your technique down and finding a safe, comfortable place to do this. I don't mean just geographically. I mean like a safe comfort zone, whether that's with a coach in person or with a coach one-on-one or in a group program with other people that are going through this. Like just find a safe space that makes it fun and enjoyable. You do not need to do it a whole lot to to make progress, but you're not even worried about like, I know I know people are like, oh, I wanna see, you know, I'm doing this for the benefits, but you really don't need to do a lot to make good gains or either even that's far as like aesthetically speaking, but like to get the health benefits, the 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 the, the fruit is very low hanging there. Um, and so my advice is really focus on finding a circumstance in, w- in which you feel safe and comfortable and confident, and you know, uh, worry mostly about technique and 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 you know the the, the time and, and place for you to focus on. Oh, I really need to do you know this sort of a rep range. Or I got to do this sort of training, and I got to work this hard. Like that stuff will come. Like just focus on like making this a habit and going, you know, uh, potentially like a hundred times a year, you know, like have a goal of at least twice a week and and to go. And so I think honestly, I'm big on just like finding a safe place, a place that you feel confident people around you, whether that's a type of gym or a coach, or again, a personal trainer or in a group where you feel like I can work on my technique here and I can build a habit. And so I'm way more concerned with you building a habit right now than you worrying about like doing things optimally. We have all the time in the world to like 
tweak things and 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 get better gains, so to speak. But the the fact is, you grow from very little right now. You get benefit from very little right now, and so let's flex that and not worry about the amount we're doing and work on building a habit, making enjoy making it enjoyable, and, and actually starting to like very highly prioritize technique. And as my my program, I will say that like. Uh, you do not need, this is not some like bodybuilder, like you have to be a bodybuilder or like you have to be super advanced. Um, I would say that if you are new to training, that this is sort of like, I find that if you're new to training and you join my group, you'll, you'll find two things. One, that there's a little bit more of a learning curve than if you were to, let's say, get a personal trainer who knows it's your first day and is like totally going to meet you where you're at and like totally understands it's your first day. There will be a steeper learning curve joining my group. But what you will benefit from is if you stay in the group and you give yourself a break on t- in terms of like learning new things and you ask questions and you send me form videos, I answer every single message, every single form video, I'll answer every single question, come to the Zoom calls. Like if you immerse yourself in the group and you say, okay, I know I'm new to this, it's going to be new, I'm going to have questions, if you stick with it, it will save you years of kind of spinning your wheels, which is what a lot of people do. So I do think there's a little bit more of a learning curve if, you, if you've never, ever even picked up a weight and you want to join my group. But I do think that if you were to stick with it, ask questions, accept that you don't know everything up front, that you would save a ton of time. You know, six months from now, you'd look back and be like, wow, like I'm, I'm where people are like 10 years into their training career in terms of like understanding what and why I'm doing what I'm doing. So that, that's my little spiel on that. I, I do feel like if it's your first day in the gym, It'll be a little bit of a learning curve, but if you're willing to stick it out, then you will definitely save some time, a ton of time. Love that. And I think like, you know, the, the steeper, the learning curve, maybe the, maybe the more space, like you literal, (laughs) like, like time devoted on a daily or weekly basis. And then also just like the amount of, uh, things you have to do in your life. Like you've got to cut out some mental and like actual time space in your life to accommodate the goal, you know, depending on, I love a gentle start, but if you're the kind of person who likes to go all in, um, then you got to just also make sure that you're making space for that in your life. Yeah, that's cool. So let's bring up form videos, actually. I mean, you know how we love ourselves a tangent, but Heidi had actually posted a video, um, that she was actually doing hip thrusts and the way that the image was shot, the Bottom of the plate looked like her bottom, right? Because the shadow oh, looked like she had like some epic glutes, like in like, you know, one session. And so she asked um, in Instagram, do you form yourself, film yourself? Sorry. Do you know your form? Sorry. <laughs> Say that three times fast. And if you don't, why do you not? And it was amazing how many people didn't film themselves. And the reasons were actually, I mean, I'm sure you could guess a few, but we were amazed at how many people really, really were resistant and hesitant to film themselves, even though they actually lift, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would love to like read some of these and then get your thoughts, Jordan, as somebody who actually is a male and looks at form videos of various shaped and sized and aged women pretty often and pretty regularly and your and your response to them. Um, because I think what's interesting is like, you know, form videos, I think a lot of people think like, oh, well, I don't have an Instagram page. So there's no point for me to film myself lifting at all. Right. Or I don't like how I look. So, I mean, I think they think that everybody who films themselves likes how they look. It's like, that's actually not quite, that's actually not really the thing. It's actually more about like, where can I correct to like improve my form? Am I doing the movement right? Am I, you know, 
even checking your tempo sometimes depending or, or squat depth or am I pulling the bar in close enough? Like, am I bent over? Am I bent over rows? Like those are things that like you can use because believe it or not, there's not a whole lot of awareness in your own like mind of where you are positioning sometimes. And it's good to create like that kind of habit, like you were saying, Jordan, but you know, some of these are like, I do not want to see that. Um, I will worry what other people think. I don't know how I feel silly and awkward. Like people will think I'm trying to get attention short on time. Um, I'm trying to get in and out. I find it intimidating, worried about bothering other people in the gym um, time. I'm extremely critical of my appearance and will pick myself apart to shreds. No one needs to see me struggle. I hate and loathe what I see. I feel weird about it. If like people will judge me or think that I'm trying to promote myself. I'm too self-conscious. Um, I feel embarrassed. I'm deeply terrified. I'm self-conscious. Feel like a fool. Feel like a fool. So what are your thoughts? I mean, you see tons of form videos all the time. Yeah. I think you could put those into about into the, all of those you could fit into one of three buckets, which is probably like, I don't, some combination of, I don't like the way I look. I don't like what I see. That was like definitely a common thread for sure. Uh, I don't know how is like a, is also one of like, I don't know what, what to do here. Uh, and then maybe I feel like weird if I'm taking up people's space in the gym or I feel like not just like I don't like the way I look, but I don't like the way this looks in terms of what people are going to think of. I'm taking a form video of myself. Um, so those kind of need to be addressed individually. I think starting with that last one of like, I don't want to be that person. That's kind of like the thing. Um, to, to be honest, maybe it's maybe it's again, it's just totally because I live in this bubble. But to me, like if I see somebody filming myself in the gym, I immediately think. I do not jump to this is some narcissist who's like, I, I'm going to like post this like perfect, uh, you know, picture for my Instagram reels or something. I immediately think here's a person who like genuinely cares about doing this correctly. And I think that's, and again, that's my, I, I fucking do this for a little, I do this every single day, all day. So of course I'm going to think that, but, but I actually think one, fuck whatever everybody else thinks. I think there's some element of that, some element of like, who cares what other people think, um, this is such an important piece of not injuring yourself long-term. Like when I say this, I mean, making sure your technique is good, uh, not injuring yourself and, and, and getting more results. And so it's some combination of those two things is important to you. And what I will say is that one, it, fuck everyone else in the gym. I think that that's like easier said than done sometimes. But I think that if you can, if you can internalize that, it's a big net benefit Two, I think at least more than more people than you think wouldn't think that actually they would think like this is a person who like genuinely cares about what they're doing um and as far as like I don't like the way I look or or like I think that that there's part of that where like I think in my group that there are people who do who won't send a form video because I look at it or because other people can see it and I'll just start by saying that like I think we can tackle that I think that that come I think that that's worth tackling of like that there's something to to dive into there but you don't need to show somebody your form video for it to be beneficial. Like you, I get people who don't know all the intricacies of a certain technique. Most people can catch on to like, it doesn't look right. You know, like something, something about this doesn't look right. Or uh, my RDL looks my, look like, looks like my back is rounding. I'm not really, maybe I don't have the intricacy and intellectual knowledge of exactly the biomechanics, but like this doesn't look right. And I actually think more, more people would, would report that just the act of taking the form video and watching it back, not even getting it like critically examined or anything, that, that is massively beneficial. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up in a second. Let me just like monologue on this and then I want to hear what you guys think because I am not a woman. And, and that, but yes, this is like not just women, by the way. Like this is everybody who feels like I don't like the way I look and I don't want to take up too much space and feel weird like I'm some narcissist in the gym that people think I'm like self-obsessed. And the I don't know how, how thing. From an I don't know how thing, 
you'd be surprised how like, it, you like as much as I want to have like the perfect angle on stuff and, and I would want to see your whole body moving in a form video and I would want to make sure that it's like zoomed out enough. Um, you know, you could tell a lot from like the, the not a perfect form video. I get, you know, there's like hundreds and hundreds of form videos that come in per day. Like not all of them are the most optimal angle. Not all of them are zoomed out enough and you can still tell a ton. And so just putting your phone like up against a water bottle, like relatively close to you. If you have an iPhone, there's a zoom out feature. I'm sure other phones have this too, but the zoom out feature is like epic you can be like right next to you and it's such a wide angle that you can get your whole body in there um and so the how part of it like i wouldn't worry too much about that if you have a coach like chances are that they can tell what to look like from even the least important form video um and then maybe from the like i don't like the way i look thing i think that oh man we we there's a lot to break down there um i i don't know how what I'm going to say is going to come off. And so I will start by saying that I am I would like to explore my own thoughts here. And if, I, if we had more time here, we could do a little therapy and we could ex- be curious about why this is a thought that it came to mind to me. But from a, we care about how, how the way we look maybe, or how we look, and maybe we care specifically in terms of like what the opposite sex or the people that we, you know, whatever, the people that we would like to appeal to uh, would think of us. And maybe that's that happens in an instant. And something I'll just say, not that this, I think, because I would be curious about why I came to this thought as well, because I actually don't think this is that important. But I actually, like, find both the pursuit, both somebody who cares about doing this correctly so they don't hurt themselves and, and cares about doing it well so that they can be time efficient, and the actual act of performing movements correctly, like incredibly attractive. Like I actually like, I, that's like a weird, I, I'm like incredibly sexy to like do these, like just to care enough about doing this right so you're not wasting your time. That to me, I, I'm attracted to. The, 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 the willingness, the, the pursuit of efficiency is attractive to me. Uh, and again, who gives a shit about this? I'm just like being totally like no, like word vomit here. But like, I find that to be like nothing more attractive than like a well done p- technique or something like that where, I don't know what, what you look like doing it. Like, I, I wish we could take a little bit more pride in like how we're doing stuff and, and, and uh, like take pride in our, like our pursuit of wanting to not waste our own time and do this well. And to the pursuit of competency in this space where it's like, I want to make sure I'm doing this well. Cause I derive good confidence from that. I mean, you'd be surprised how, like how much better you'd feel about your own self-efficacy in the gym with three back and forths with a, with a coach with form videos and all of a sudden like it clicking. Like there's nothing, I'm sure you might be like, well, if I'd look better, I'd be more confident. I think it's underrated how much more confident you'd be in the gym if you were like, felt like you knew what you were doing. You're like, I am a person yeah. who who is doing this correctly and not only just because I'm doing correctly, but I've earned that by working on my technique over time. It's not something that I just walked in the gym and did it perfectly. So I would explore some of my own thoughts about that, but that is what I was thinking. Um. Okay. Wow. That I have my, (laughs) I have like so many thoughts. I don't even know which way to go with it, but I completely agree. I'm going to start backwards. So I completely, uh, you're talking about that confidence, right? Like, like if, if insecurity or feeling like an imposter is the opposite of confidence, then, and confidence is sort of, is having your own, but having your own back. What does that really mean? It's like being connected to your sense of self, to, to your body, being present in the moment, which are all things that create an emotional sense of confidence and also help you lift a lot better (laughs) when you're not like spinning out in mental drama over what you look like or how you're being perceived. 
you started out by talking about, um, you know, finding a gym space that feels uh, safe. And I love that you use that word specifically, um, because when we are, when we're feeling anxious, we, we're going to be so much more prone to, um, what thinking, worrying and obsessing about what other people think, feeling really nervous, feeling, um, feeling disconnected. Um, and that, that we can just, we can add a bunch of negative thoughts to that and really like spin ourselves out, sabotage our motivation, make ourselves make things, you know, blown out of proportion, right? That's sort of, it's really easy. And I think we all kind of know that feeling, right? So finding a safe, finding a place where you feel relatively safe. Um, and then this idea of, you know, (laughs) like, this is always the example I go back to, when I say to you, like, don't think of a yellow school bus, what do you just think about? Right. And so when people are like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm worried about what other people think. And so people say, well, don't worry about what other people think. Oh, okay. How? Right. Like you, like the focus is still on what other people think. So the, the opposite of that is what do you think? And you said like, you know, respecting your effort enough to, and yourself, and wanting the results and wanting to do it correctly, wanting to build your competency, caring about all of that, AKA caring about what you think more than what other people think. It's not that that concern is not gonna be there, but that you care about what you want and respect your own efforts and your own goals enough to to, um, make that ratio, even if it's 51, 49, you're like, I've got myself, I've got my own back on this. Like I want to, I want to be open and curious about, I mean, 90, probably 90% of the videos I take in the gym, I delete the same day because I'm just looking at them to make sure that like, you know, my, my shins are in the right place for hip thrusts or, you know, my, my form and all of those kinds of things. And I sent you enough that you even had like a few things to tease me about. about how we take like five steps back from the squat rack when I back squat. I don't know. I like my space. Um, but anyways, the there's Big space, right? Exactly. You know, so I think, I think you did a masterful job of breaking all of that down. And like, there's some really important things there about, you know, noticing how you feel, um, and also supporting yourself in that discomfort, right? Because you can feel two things at once. You can feel nervous that other people are watching you. And you can also care about how you're feeling in that moment and support and encourage yourself. Um, similarly, you know, when you, I, I go up against just about any woman out there about hating pictures of themselves. Like, like, let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> I got lots of, I've, I've come from very dark places on that subject. So, uh, I understand not wanting to be have those perceived flaws right in your face, but I assure you that if you take that same open curiosity um, and that same uh, willingness to support yourself into that subject, you will be surprised at what can shift for you, right? Like, like if you can't look at a picture of yourself because all you see are flaws, First of all, that's really good that you can even notice that. And second of all, have you ever considered that maybe you're, maybe the flaws aren't what you think they are or that there's also compensating positives and sometimes even about those exact flaws? And what is this what is this idea that like just like I can't do that if I feel any negative emotion? Like so you can't feel good about yourself if you have flaws. This is what we are believing. 
Like this is not a thing, right? So, and and as you as you come to like cl- move closer and closer to acceptance of and and self support about how you feel and what you look like and what you want, um, when you get to know yourself a little bit better, um, and, and and again curious rather than judgmental, um, you can you can come to an understanding of yourself that will like, that will create a motivation and a courage that you just have, you've never had before. And I just have like a couple of thoughts to like echo on both of you and both of you also masterfully done, <clears throat> but it's like, it's so interesting, even in the like, context of like pictures and videos in general, it's like, this is something that might be hard for you, but it's some, for something good, right? Like even family pictures, something hard for you to take something good. You get memories with your family. And the same thing goes with filming form videos. It's like, you are literally doing something hard in this video, right? Like going to failure, things like that. I mean, I think you can apply that to a lot more than just the actual lifting of the weights. And there's this, I don't know why we have this belief that we also have to like everything that we see. Why, why do we believe that? Like, why do we believe that every video we take, I have to like everything that's happening in this picture or this video in order for it to be a worthwhile while video. And it's like, if you are in the process of getting closer to something that you want to achieve, that makes that video good, right? It's like, I love watching videos of myself failing lifts. I actually arguably enjoy it more than when I actually nail the lift because there's always something to learn in it. And also I'm trying something harder than I did in the previous one. Mm. And so, yeah, I will film myself as I'm adding weight and the failure videos are the one I spend more time on because I know that there's potential for change and growth in that video more there more than there is in me like lifting something very easy right where well I know the form is going to look really good here I'm going to look super awesome 30 pounds ago on this lip but when I add the 30 and things get really messy and really ugly and my face gets all contorted and I make stupid sounds or I fail it that's where the potential for growth is and so I'm not saying that you need to necessarily haze yourself with millions of videos of yourself but also honor the fact that potentially the more you challenge yourself to look for the positive in these videos, like both of you are saying, you will find it. And a lot of times, naturally, we tend to look at the places that we don't like the most, right? So obviously, if I'm filming a video, I'm going to make sure that like my stomach is in check, right? But then in the meantime, you'll also notice all the things that you're maybe missing in the mirror. Like when you are doing this movement, oh my gosh, look at that line or look at how strong my legs are or look at whatever it is that you, you can find other things in that composite of yourself that you're not going to see while you're working or even walking by the mirror. And so if you want to see yourself in movement, it's also a way to practice appreciating what your body can do um, as you watch yourself progress. I mean, there's nothing more humbling than watching a video of yourself, like when you had 15s and they were hard for you, right? (laughs) And all of a sudden you have a video with 45s and you're like, okay, so sure, I can pick apart my body or I can also be like, look at how far I've come. Look what I'm lifting now. And it's almost like documenting your growth mindset progress too. And so- Totally. It's a lot more than just, you know, this, I look bad in. (laughs) Totally. Well, I love that. I love that example because if you're, if you're attempting a lift that you might fail, it might also be your PR, but if you're not, I mean, you wouldn't get it on video unless you were open to either possibility. And I also love a family video analogy because don't you also feel like some of the quirkiest AK, like some of the flaws in your family pictures end up being your favorite picture. Like I remember the one with Maddie where she was holding like a dirty old stuffed animal bunny, cat. The bunny. Yeah. The yes. Cat, and I yeah. was like, oh no, it's in our family picture. And now I'm like, it's my favorite one. Oh, it's so endearing. Right. Oh. <laughs> the same thing with like our, with our own, our own perceived flaws or whatever, like they're, they're part of us. The less we hate them, the more accepting we'll be of ourselves. Yeah. 
we'll, right. we'll, we'll close it down. I think I think there's just such an opportunity for an improved feeling of competence and confidence with with really like caring about how you're doing, like paying respect to the way the movement's supposed to be done and trying to perform that. I think a lot of people are like, I want to look good. It's like, all right, there's a whole host of stuff there. But one thing that you can control and we can work on is like how well you're doing this. I get so excited when I like, I don't know this to be true, but my my expectation or my assumption is that like one of the best things that I can tell somebody is like, when I say like you look like you lift, it has nothing to do with the way you look. It has to do with the way you're carrying yourself and the way you're performing the lift and the way you're in it and you're like gritting your teeth and going for it and your technique has improved. And again, it's like comes back to like the way you look, but I'm not talking about externally the way you look. I'm talking about like the aura you're giving off, but also like you've worked hard on this movement and you've actually seen some some changes in the way your technique is. And that to me is super like, I don't know, something you can drive a lot of confidence from. I, I, I My guess is the... When I would say something like "you look like you lift," to me that the the more the definition of that that to me would be more meaningful is like, "Hey, you look like you've been doing this and working on it and trying hard and you know paying respect to the way the movement's supposed to be done and and just doing it competently." It has nothing to do with like what you look like. Uh, yeah, and, and there's only one way you get there, by the way, which is working on your technique. And one of the best ways to do that is to take a form video. And so all roads lead to like this is just like you said, you uh, Heidi, you was like, "Hey, even though you're gonna have those feelings, like." We just want to tip the scales into like 51%. You care what you think and you care about the pros more than the perceived cons. And if we can just get that to being like, yeah, all right, well then I guess I'm going to do it in spite of the fear or in spite of those negative feelings. Totally. Well, and if you are willing to like, to, to risk that, to try, to try the thing that you haven't tried. And, and even if it doesn't, no matter what happens, being willing to also pick out positives from it, um, you know, people talk a lot about like imposter syndrome. And I think feeling disconnected from yourself and, and not being able, not, not being able to harness any sort of like self-support or encouraging thoughts for yourself. Like you're, you're bullying yourself in your own mind. Like that's, that's not, you're not going to make progress in or outside, you know, in or out of the gym with, with that kind of mindset. And the first step is just, I think it's also kind of great that people are, were willing to answer those questions, even with their negative thoughts, because now you know that about yourself. Would you want to change it? Would it be worth changing it for some, for, for increased motivation, for increased self-acceptance, for increased results? Like, I mean, or, you know, the, you know, similarly, the more, um, you know, the more you don't push yourself, oftentimes the more rigid you can become with some of those negative self-beliefs. Do you guys ever, oh shit, I shouldn't have said anything, but do you guys ever like, every time like I'm like trying to, like to me, this is one of those moments of like, what am I going to think in 30 years? I was like afraid of taking a form video. Like all for all I know, I could have been doing this wrong the whole time and I could have made better gains or I could have hurt myself less or I could have just like, like uh, kind of like zooming out a little bit. Whenever I have like anxiety about something, I like tend to like defaults like zooming out and being like this doesn't in the scheme of life what are we talking about what does 90 year old me think looking Mm -hmm. down at like the totality of my life i'm giving this little thing so much power something something i've been doing lately is like this like thought experiment of like that we are in a simulation i know it's stupid but like i do that and i'm like i am probably some like seventh grade aliens like science project at a science fair and i am the little tamagotchi that he's controlling and like it's just so meaningless in this i don't want it's it's like it's quite nihilistic. It's quite like a nothing matters sort of mentality. But like I get, I've been doing that lately where I'm like, 
you're in a simulation. Like, why are you like, none of this shit matters anyway. Taking a form video, who gives a shit? It's just like one little thing. You're just like a little, some alien science science project anyway. And like, this is all just like not real anyway. And like, I don't know, some of that like zooming out for me, I take it to that nth degree there, but like, it helps me so much. There's also, if you guys do this, uh, there's also um, a YouTube that is like a Google, it's called uh, something I, uh, something fuck. And it basically like starts with this girl laying in the grass. I, now I have deja vu, like I've talked about this before. And no, I don't think so. I'm starts, so fascinated right now. It starts with this girl, she's laying on the grass in like a park. And it zooms out just like slowly. And so it zooms out so you can see her whole body and then you can see the whole park and then you see the whole town and then you, you see the whole state and then you see the whole country. And then it zooms all the way out to like, as far out as you could go. And, and I mean, like Milky Way. Like past the galaxy. Yeah, past yes. the galaxies, all oh, the way out into the middle yeah. of nothingness. And then it zooms all the way in through her eye, all the way down to like the atom, like cellular, molecular level. And just for me, the zoom out thing is like, holy shit, you are nothing. And not in a positive way, like don't take it yeah. too seriously sort of thing. And then all the way into the molecular, molecular thing of like, we are just like some meat sack of atoms like and it's like and it's so amazing that we even exist as a human because we are just made up of these atoms it's like the chance of you being a human is like one in 100 trillion you know and so it it, in both directions it makes me feel quite small and just puts things in perspective a little bit and I'll, i'll i'll figure out what it's called in in a bit but i i love it i watch it it's like a two minute video and it always puts me at ease in that way and I love that. I mean, it's so much like what we like to say to a lot of our clients and, and even on Instagram, it's like so many times we're in such selfie mode that we miss the panoramic, right? And it's just like, not everything is like right up close, this uh, this important, right? Like when you zoom out and you realize like what you're doing this for, like, what are you doing this for? Like, why do you want these things? It can change a lot of your perspective. And I think there's a bigger purpose to putting ourselves in positions that make us uncomfortable, like literally and figuratively, that there's always growth from, right? It's like a progressive overload of your emotional state and your your thoughts and beliefs about yourself in addition to actually lifting weights, right? And getting strong. Mm. So, I mean, it's why we love weightlifting for more reasons than just what it can give you aesthetically, right? It's like the benefits are like... I don't even think we can document all the benefits. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, along kind of similar along your lines, I have a, a, the thing I think about a lot is like you were talking about the safety or whatever. I think a lot about our nervous system and the different survival states that we go in, like fight, flight, fawn, freeze. I think if I had to really like 50,000 foot, what are my most common emotions? Anxiety. AKA flight and uh, overwhelm, AKA shutdown. Like those are, those are two like really like defaults for me. And I think I spent a lot of time trying to think that I could think my way out of that, not realizing that my mind being too much in my mind and my thoughts is why I stay in those those, um, states a lot, right. Like kind of like my mind saying to me, well, get some self-confidence stupid, or like just make the freaking decision as if either of those things help anxiety or overwhelm. And not that I really think that, but just to, to flippantly sum up the way my, the way your thoughts can exacerbate where you, where you kind of are in your stress physiology. So I think about it, like in terms of my, like you were talking about finding a safe space in the gym, right? Like when things, when you're feeling anxiety, AKA you are scared, your body is feeling exposed to a threat. You're not going to solve that with your thoughts. That's about calming your body down, calming, like becoming 
connected back to your body through through breathing, through um, through some kind of reg- self-regulation, which actually exercising in general, getting your heart rate up can do amazing things for changing the level of arousal that you're in and regulating your brain chemistry. So that's one thing that like is going to automatically, if you're in a more, if you're in a, in the, the safe and connected space in your nervous system, your thoughts are automatically going to be more positive. You're going to have access to your emotions and your logic. When you're elevated, you only have you're, you're in, you're in reactivity mode, right? So thinking that like, you know, staying too much in your minds and like, oh my gosh, what are they, what are they going to think? And oh my gosh, I, you know, look how gross I am or whatever, like those kinds of thoughts realizing like, oh, I'm like, I'm elevated. Like I, I need to, I need to calm myself down. I need to look around in my surroundings, like use my senses to ground myself and check in with my body about how I'm feeling and listen to what my body needs. Um, because that's again, one of the amazing things that, that weightlifting, especially and, and understanding your body and where it is in space can help you feel connected and safer, AKA confident, right? Like I, I think it's, uh, it's just interesting. The more we ignore how we feel, the more insecure we're going to feel. So I think a lot of that's kind of where that's, that's my thought experiment these days is like thinking about where, where is my nervous system in this, in this escalating, you know, as escalatable survival, uh, paradigm. <laughs> you guys were nervous that we wouldn't get through or that we would, uh, wouldn't, we wouldn't have enough questions today. And I said, don't oh, worry. I know, I know. We're oh, so like, don't worry. 40 minutes we'll spend on one of them. Don't worry. Don't worry. Also, the thing is called Cosmic Eye. So I'm, we're going to, I'm going to, we're going to, you guys go watch it afterwards. I, while you were talking, Heidi, I'm not going to lie. I had it up in the background. Fuck me up all over again. Mad emotional right now. Um, oh, sorry. No, Can I, I say one more cool thing about weightlifting too? It also, um, there's a, there's a part of your brain that can actually change over time through weightlifting that helps you realize that your emotional suffering will end. Because when you are in a triggered state, that part of your brain can shut down and it makes you think like, I'll feel this way forever. But the more weightlifting you do, the more yoga can also regulate that part of the brain. Isn't that cool? That is so cool. Which means keep crossfitting. I know, right? <laughs> you know, uh, this to- total tangent. Well, while we're talking about like interesting things that we had never like, I guess, uh, conceptualized, to- hard pivot here. Um, I'd never he- heard the term reinforcer and I'm going to bring it back to this in a second, but like. And we're going to bring it back to like the safe place here, like reinforcer. So a reinforcer is like references, like um, an example is first time you ever had alcohol, every, nobody likes the taste because you're the, because it's just factually, it doesn't taste good. It's a fact. And anybody who thinks they like the taste of alcohol is um, not, it's not a fallacy, but what's happening is you no longer are just talking about the taste of alcohol. Uh, alcohol has become a reinforcer for other things like being tipsy or the people that you drink with or the places that you drink, uh, the experiences you have when you drink. And they all actually neurologically are reflected in the taste. And another one is caffeine. That's kind of where I got this from. Some podcasts are talking about caffeine. Caffeine is a huge reinforcer. So like coffee. And so first time you have coffee, it doesn't like, it doesn't taste very good. And then, you know, you can have a reinforcer where you like the effects of caffeine so much. You like who you're with, what you do when you're on caffeine, how you obviously how you feel when you're on caffeine. 
the mug you drink caffeine out, they can all be reinforcers where like you would just like subconsciously prefer a different mug because that's the one you have coffee in. Or, so, you know, it, it's, it becomes this thing where when you taste caffeine, you taste those experiences and it no longer is, like when you smell coffee, like I, I am somebody who tasted coffee. It was disgusting. I didn't drink coffee for a long time. Now, like if I buy candles, they're only coffee candles. Like it's my favorite smell in the entire world. It's but that's so only, good. But that's confounded by the way coffee makes me feel and the things I've done when I have coffee and the people I'm with. And I think sometimes I'm going to just, I did not intend to, 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 to kind of like circle this back around, but I think that having a gym where you have good experiences, maybe, you know, the CrossFit does this amazingly well with the, with community. And so like, um, I have a client who's like obsessed with, um, hypertrophy these days, but like can't give up her CrossFit gym just because she like likes going in to say hi to her friends and stuff like for some context of like a family community vibe. And I think that like the suffering and stuff that can come from weight training, like you can have a reinforcer of like, I like being here and I like the people here. Um, and I like the vibe here and I feel safe here. And it could, that can affect how much you enjoy actually weight training and how consistent you are over the long term. And you're like, Oh, I like training. But what you mean when you say I like training is like, I like all the things that come with training, the people that I know, the 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 experiences like when I'm at the gym, the high fives, the the looks, the people watching, whatever it is. Um, and it all comes into one thing. So I do think finding like a space that you enjoy. Some people I can just like, I love lifting, that's it. Um, but even like, even like the endorphin rush you get when you do tr- certain types of training, people are like, oh, I love running. No, you don't. Like you like neurologically kind of what happens to you when you start running or same yeah. thing with training. You're like, oh, I like the pump. I like the way I look for the short period of time or I just like neurologically what's happening to my brain when I train. And I just found that idea of a reinforcer like, fascinating because it's like you, you're just like your perception of whether you like something or not is go- probably goes a bit deeper than you think into like a more holistic uh, viewpoint of that thing. And the, I thought the caffeine one was, was particularly interesting because like we love the way caffeine makes us feel, but like, do I actually love the taste of coffee or am I like loving the experience? You know, a lot of people talk about the experience and anyway, I thought that was interesting. I think that's so cool. I mean, cause really we're so many of our opinions and uh, are, are conditioned. And the, that's actually a variable that you can, you can, um, what's a nicer word of word for manipulate? <laughs> say like, like, you know, things like, like how to make your goals feel good. Like what are little nuances like that, that can change. I mean, I've, we've been talking about how we're both kind of in like a cooking rut. And the other day I was like, I was just in an ADHD frenzy. I like tore apart and part my cookbook and ordered a new binder and printed everything out all new in color and like organized it differently. And all of a sudden, guess who's really interested in in like cooking? Well, that's what they say. Like get yourself some shoes, get yourself some yep. workout clothes, like find something a little bit different, even if it is something just for, just to get you excited again about something. You know, and someone that. asked the question, totally. so we can totally. say that we did too. Like, what do you think about Orange Theory Fitness as your main fitness? It's like, if you enjoy it yeah. and it sparks your interest in exercise, then by all means do it. And that goes for every single like fitness modality too. And I think, you know, we joke a lot that like, once you touch your barbell, your life will be changed. But I will say that that is probably one of those reinforcers for me, like, and yeah. why I love CrossFit so much. I mean, not that I can't do hypertrophy-based movements with a barbell, but there really is something about moving a heavy barbell that really reinforces, like, fitness to me. Like, I actually can genuinely say that I miss barbell. Like, it's something that, like, I, whenever I pick one up and, like, unsheath it out of, like, the holder, I literally get excited every time I do it, even if I'm dreading the movement coming. It's like, there's something about it. And I think to your point about the mug, it's like, how many things do we not give ourselves credit for 
in creating a habit and a lifestyle that we love. So it would only make sense that when you are trying to get rid of everything that you enjoy, why you would think it would suck, right? So it's like the same thing with like your diet. If you're taking out everything that brings you coffee, caffeine, gym, dopamine, enjoyment, and all your reinforcers about how beautiful and wonderful your life is, no wonder why you hate what you're doing. Yeah. So and stop doing it. No, seriously. And even if you have to, this is where I started, started, even if you started a place of like, how do I make this suck less and kind of gradually move all the way over to like, I actually really love this, you know, that like you and I will never go to a regular gym, whereas DTFA for life, because that is a super safe space for me. And I don't care what I have to Jimmy rig to stay there like that. That is, I it's love just, that. It's like, worth it. I it's walk totally in and it. I feel energized. I feel happy. Like it's, you it's, feel seen yeah. there are people and it's yeah. like, it's where you belong. And I think the reinforcing is, a, I love that you brought that up. It's a brilliant. I mean, even now, like Heidi and I used to be insane diet coke addicts because of the caffeine, right? And also because it was like zero calories. And now every now and again, I'll have a diet coke. And I'm like, why was I so obsessed with this drink? It's so meh or what the kids say. It's so mid. It's so mid. mid. You're being sus. I mean, it's it's super (laughs) sus, right? It's an L. It's not a W. It doesn't bring out all the lingo. But it's true. Like like when I have a Diet Coke down, every now and again, it's fine. Like, especially if you're having Mexican food, you got to have soda or something. But like, I used to drink that stuff like four or five times a day. And I think it was literally like, yeah, that kind of idea. But now when you walk away from it, you're like, but I like Celsius now. (laughs) But despite the caffeine, it's fine. Did you uh, just circle back around something I think is important to highlight for the listener? Did did you say unsheath? Yes. Are you? Is this some King Arthur shit? Are you? Is this Excalibur? <laughs> like, are you good? Like, it's is this sword and stone like, sort of stuff? The way, our, the way our barbells are, they're stacked upright. They're sheathed. And Until you unsheath them, they are. Sheathed. I mean, and at the same time, it's a super, it's a super <laughs> Game of Thrones looking setup. Like you got to admit, like all of our barbells true. are wrapped in one huge center. So they literally look like pillars of like magical energy and power. And you do, you have to, you have to pull it up to like, get it out of the holster. And it feels like you're literally sort of the stone. It is kind of sort of the stone. I am a child of, you know, the eighties and nineties King Arthur. Yeah, Yeah. no, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those squirrels, you know what I'm thinking of when I, when I think of like sword and sheath, you know, that meme, that's like, uh, when it's like when somebody asks you if your diet is going well and it's the guy pulling the sword out and it says yes on the sword and then the, the next part of the meme it's, he pulls the sword out more and says yesterday I ate a whole pizza or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. The meme game, by the way, if we're just going to go there, is super strong on the horse is strong with you. Dude, for real. Thank you. Oh, yes. Thanks. This is the only thing. Keep, I'm hanging on by I'm hanging on by a thread on social media. Memes are just the only thing that keep me keep me going. It's just like, I, I, I'm like... I like, instead of like thinking about like stuff I'm passionate about, I'm like, what can I meme about? It's like, it's like, it's like my new like source of inspiration. Not going to lie. The things that make me laugh are the things that keep me connected. So Uh, keep on, keep it on because that's really like people just, I mean, people want to connect and relate. And if it's funny, (laughs) it's instant, right? Um, Hey, not to be like a total nerd again, but also laughing, physical touch, creativity, exercise. These are all great ways to regulate your nervous system, feel safe and connected. Thank you. I got, I got time for one more. Is there one worthy of your, of our final question here? I mean, you have another hour. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay. So let's just do this one real quick. Can you gain muscle while just practicing intuitive eating without macro counting? Uh, it depends. It all depends. Yeah. It just, it depends. Um, 
if you were, are you intuitively eating a lot of protein and keeping your calories at a decent level? It was build, build muscle. You said, yes. Um, gain muscle, gain muscle. If yeah, you said, if you, if you are eating enough, you would, you wouldn't, I get, if you were eating enough calories, eating enough protein, getting enough recovery, lifting intelligently in such a way that you will, you are set up to gain muscle. I'm missing anything. And if you are mindfully, intuitively doing that, then yes. Yeah. I think most uh, people don't though. If you're, let's be totally clear. The, the two biggest contributors to muscle growth are total calories and training stimulus. And so if you're intuitively eating enough calories and training hard in a very binary yes or no, you will build muscle period. Even if, unless you're eating no protein, like if you're eating enough calories and you're training hard and you're eating even a remotely rough, decent, even close to, which we can quantify in a second, amount of protein. Like protein's more permissive of muscle growth. It's less causative. It's like the training stimulus is what's causative. And then the Mm -hmm. next thing that's most important is having enough total energy for your body to be like, okay, we can spend some of this on building new muscle tissue. And then eating enough protein's like a way to do that a little bit better. Um, If I had to choose somebody in a calorie deficit eating a fuckload of protein and somebody in calorie maintenance eating much lower protein, I'd take the person calorie maintenance eating much lower protein any day of the week. Not even close. I mean, my orders of magnitude more. And so can you? Absolutely. If you're at maintenance calories, that'd be the most important thing to me. Training stimulus would be next important. Honestly, sleep would be next important before I would even remotely even consider your protein intake. It's like, unless you're a vegan who also hates protein, I don't think that I would even bring up the, like, you should make sure you're eating enough protein because you're probably going to do that already. Like, um, you're probably going to eat enough protein. Like, the protein requirements have recently just, in my opinion, like, the, the both from um, how much of a consequential kind of vibe this is i'm being explaining this terrible but the way that we hang our hat on this like 1.6 gram per kg and we're like oh my god if you have less than that which is like 0.77 grams per pound you're gonna fucking shrivel up into a raisin that's not really true anymore it's very likely the case at least my opinion based on the research or like a reanalysis of the research protein requirements are probably quite a bit lower than that for maximal gain like for like very high percentage of maximal gain it's actually probably like in the 0.6 to 0.7 range which like Again, unless you're a vegan who hates protein, you're probably going to get there intuitively. Um, it might be worth to like get a protein on your plate at least a couple times a day. But I think if you do that, yeah, intuitively, then I wouldn't worry about it. So in summary, if you are eating in at least maintenance level calorie calories, you you can gain muscle. The their protein is less important when you're maintenance and above. It's more important when you're in a cut to preserve muscle. But also the caveat is, do you even know what your maintenance calories are? Because in your mind, if you're thinking you eat a lot, quote unquote, you actually might not be. Yes. And then I do want to say something a little bit devil's advocate to the protein comment. But if you have never tracked macros before and you're just you just eat kind of whatever, most people don't get even like 40 grams of protein in a day. Just saying that from Yeah, that's fair. From like a Weight Watchers perspective, especially when you have been in a history of like eating really low, most people think like I had a chicken breast today. It's like, okay, so congratulations. You had 20 to 30 grams of protein for your whole day. Now, if you are adding protein every meal, your chances are definitely higher. Like we're not saying you have to hit 150, like, you know, shooting from 70 to hundred is probably a really good range for that, especially if you're in a maintenance range in my mind. But a lot of people think that they eat a lot of protein and they don't. Well, it's, we have been conditioned, like that, that's not the way we've been conditioned. Like, I mean, the amount of protein that you get on your plate. Two ounces of a chicken breast yeah. is like usually the standard serving at, like whenever you go out anywhere, that's like 
you're barely starting to start your protein for the day, right? It's yeah. like, I mean, so if you're having like 30 grams of one protein shake a day and you're not really getting any protein anywhere else throughout the day, I would argue that you're not having enough. Yeah, total. I mean, listen, you need to eat enough protein. So it's like whether like that's a- Well, that yeah, is- I mean, to your, to your point of like it not really mattering, it's like, but at the same time, we're under the assumption that people eat protein regularly. But as somebody before they counted macros, I didn't actually not. But as long as your total calories- Yes. Is your maintenance yes. and above. Yeah. I mean, this is some, don't think just because it's a simple question. We can't like, oh, we can't talk for a while about it. We can. <laughs> we can. But the point is a good one though, because again, like, you know, if, if every decision you make feels like you could make or break your progress, you're, you're, that's a very stressful place to be. So just, so it isn't, I don't, I like that we maybe over explain because that gives people some scaffolding from where, for where this question fits inside the context of all of this. That's right? good. That's a nice word. Scaffolding. Sheesh. I'm stealing that. That's good. Be yeah. fancy. That's fancy <laughs> I mean, shit. You got that like... from one of your fancy books, hundred <laughs> percent. Stick with Heidi. She'll open a whole scaffolding. New oh, I'm not. I wasn't, I wasn't English. Major. I wasn't trying to be a butt, but I was just thinking about how like unsheathing and scaffolding. <laughs> say we are. I understand that my word is not nearly as cool as hers. It's fine. You don't have to shame me. The There's just quality alien content. That's running today. my simulation has an incredible, unbelievable vocabulary. vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I got. We can go one more. I have a call at one thirty. That's all. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Let's see. Which one should we pull out of the hat? Okay. I feel like I have to redeem myself or I'm going to get kicked out of this group. What are you talking about? Okay. Uh, big, uh, I don't actually like this. Big percentage fat is what she wrote. So like, let's just say a higher body fat percentage than she probably thinks that she should have. I'm just going to go there because I feel like anyone's like, oh, I have 20% body fat. That's really high. And you're like, no. no, it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, first cut while training to maintain muscles or first train at your max and then go into a cut. One Thoughts? more time. One more time. Run it back. What did you say? High body fat percentage or perceived high body fat percentage. First, I should, should I cut um, while I train to maintain my muscles or first train at my max and build and then go into a cut? Whoa. Where did you see that question? Right there. Um. My alien has a translator simulator. Yeah, seriously. No, I can't I I so how about that? Can I say? Uh, it's like a- I, I'm the, the, like, what should you do? Those questions are always like, they're almost like the, is it okay if questions where I usually just uh, like, uh, put in some like random Harry Potter reference, some obscure Harry Potter reference, but it, these like, what should I do things like are like always going to have an element of like, I don't know. It depends on your values and like your life structure and what you want to do and the trade-offs and how you value those trade-offs. And so there's a huge element of here. Like if you're like ultimately have the goal of losing significant amounts of body fat, then at some point that involves a concise period of calorie deficit. Do you do that now? I don't know. You can do it if you want. I'm just, you probably need to do that at some point. Um, and in all likelihood, just you're going to be, either build muscle during that period if you're new to training or you're going to maintain it. I don't think that this like, it's like a chicken or egg sort of thing where it's like, you probably are going to have a period of, like I just think if you have a, a significant amount of body fat that you want to lose at some point, like 
you ju- you just decide when you feel like doing that. Do, do you need to do that now, or do you want to like maintain for a bit and enjoy yourself and then go into the suck? Like, um, there's no physiological reasons. What I'm trying to say, there's no like, hey, like you should build muscle first, then cut because that's like going to be better for. There's no physiological consideration here whatsoever. There are only practical what you want to do based on the time and and the, how you view the trade offs and when you want to embark on that sort of a journey, which is going to be a little less fun. And so, no no physiological considerations. It's in, it's completely and entirely up to you. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, I think the only thing I'd add is if you do have a higher body fat percentage and you're lifting and you're even new to it, it's actually a great place to see gains. Yeah. So body, um, higher body fat percentages are not always the worst thing in the world to have, especially if you're lifting especially, and in a cut is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. I would just say if you're, if you, if you aren't already tracking, I would maybe just start there and see what that even is like for you, what that brings up for you, making sure you're eating enough. Um, you know, if you haven't started, like I would definitely start just like kind of collecting data on yourself, maybe as you give yourself a little bit of time to decide which way, which way you're going to go, but making sure you're, you know, your healthy habits are in order, you're drinking plenty of water, getting sleep, all that kind of stuff. Cause those are healthy habits that are going to set up either of those goals. Um, and depending on how much of a, burden of change that creates like that may be just what you focus on for a little while. I mean, all, all roads lead to Rome. Yeah. And regardless of if you have a higher or lower body fat percentage, lifting is one of your best bets for yeah. just about everything. That's so. the same advice I would give to somebody with a perceived low body fat percentage that I've said the same thing. So agree, agreed. That wasn't, thank you for was, saying that. Was that question too easy? Should we go for another one for five hours? <laughs> Uno mas. Unamas. All right. Uh, We can either go for, I like this one. Let's end on this one. What's the key to real lasting change? I tracked, I lost, I lifted, I felt confident, and then I gained it all back after I stopped doing that. Yeah, this is going to be a super duper long one. You guys go. I'll, I'll go after. Okay. So I'm a little bit in the shame spiral because I don't have cool words to go for. Oh, no. Okay. I mean, this is a, it's another one that's a little bit hard to make, uh, um, knowing the specifics would help tailor the answer to this question. Right. But if you, if you, I would be curious, I mean, probably, you probably just burned out, which, um, would be, that's what I'm get. That's what I'm guessing. So if you burnt out, then somewhere along, along the way, we dropped in self-care, we dropped in reinforcing our, you know, the reinforcers that we talked about, maybe the, the obstacles, um, or the negative thoughts or emotions, kind of the, the, the percentage changed, right. Where it was, became, uh, more, you know, you weren't getting the payoff or, or whatever. There's some, somewhere along the line, like, the, the ratio changed for you, or you had an influx of additional stressors that became, that made your whole, uh, load of what you're trying to do and accomplish in your life too much for you. And so something had to give. Um, so I think if you miss that feeling, if you kind of, if you want to get back to some of those habits, I would pick one, I would look at your life as objectively as you can see what kind of space you have to address any one of these things. And like you were just saying, Jordan, like pick, whatever seems, um, like the thing you want to focus on that seems like, uh, maybe the easiest for you to focus on something like that. And just, and just get started and be, you can reinforce yourself and be proud of yourself for any little steps you take instead of being like, Oh, look how, 
look how far I've, I've fallen or look how much I've backslid or whatever. Like, yeah, so does, so do all of us. We all have peaks and valleys. We, you know, so just allowing yourself to be where you're at instead of focusing on how you're not where you want to be. Um, you know, there's, they, they did this psychological experiment on two groups of people where they just had them do a maze, like on a piece of paper. And the, the mouse was supposed to get to a, for one group, the mouse was supposed to get to a piece of cheese for the other group. The mouse was running from an owl and the group that was motivated by where they wanted to go. The, the mouse going to the cheese was like something like 20 times more successful than the other group, even in a very superficial example, like doing a maze on a piece of paper. So if you can, if you can give yourself some space to feel good about your goals, to feel, to, to accept where you are, even if you don't super love it, like, yeah, it's a bummer that I, that I let all that go, but here I am. Um, and, and motivate yourself by where you want to go. That's going to be, make you so much more successful than being, because you have a specific vision versus this other group where they're motivated by fear and they don't really know where they want to go. They just know they don't want to be here anymore. Um, and that way you're just sort of blindly, you know, reacting and there's going to be a lot of self-sabotage and shame in that, in, in that space. Right. So just being, being your own self-support, um, uh, having your own back on taking these small actionable, uh, steps, I think is going to be, is going to be the key to lasting change. People getting your goals doesn't make you happy. The process makes you happy. So the process needs to feel good or we're all going to quit. I'm going to say something for two seconds, then Jordan finish us off before, um, you have to go. But I think what's interesting, I actually think it's a really beautiful question. It's like, what is the key to real lasting change? I think the, the question lies in what is real lasting change to you? Like, what does that actually look like to you? Because I mean, what's real change versus fake change, right? Or what's lasting versus like, you know, short term? It's like, how long are we talking? What kind of changes are we looking for? What proves that you've made that point? When do you feel like that would be like a place where you're done or like, I don't have to evolve anymore? And it's interesting because I think the three of us, you asked us like, what's what, what do you consider real lasting change? I would say for myself, it's like, it never happens because everything's an evolution off something else that just happened before, right? Like maybe what I thought five years ago would have been like my, I've made it place is not the place that I would say that it is now. In fact, early I would look back and be like, that was a very narrow place that you believed in, right? Or like, that's what you felt. And then sometimes it actually erupts and turns into another another iteration of yourself. But I think when we think about, you know, the difference between like, is it a breakdown or a breakthrough? And a lot of times those two go hand in hand and that's where the change happens that creates like this, you know, composition of your life. And like, that's really what's the coolest part about it is that I don't know that there is a key to real lasting change. It's more about being open to seeing where you go. Yes. I love that. Like, like that the evolution, the process of evolution is the change you seek young grasshopper. <laughs> I think once you right. unsheath the sword out of the rock that your life has right. changed forever. No. Um, I, <laughs> I think the, the thoughts to me, like I, I've, I've been on podcasts. I have people who have brought me on the podcast because of think this, this that I've said that I've said that like your that it's all right to do things. Something to this effect. Like I just know that people are like, oh, this was a edgy post. Like come talk about it, and it's like something to the effect of like, you know, stop trying to make your deficit life your best life, or stop trying to stop thinking that it would be, or stop trying to live your 
1500 calorie or your 2000 calorie lifestyle on 1500 calories. Essentially this idea that like, it's okay to accept that your life will be different in the deficit. Like there's this idea that it is, um, going to be different. Right. And, and, I, uh, or, or almost, I think I've seen people take it far enough to say like, um, it's okay to do things in your deficit that you know you won't do forever for the pursuit of fat loss. Now, inherently that is true. Technically that is true. Technically you could do things to lose fat. You could go keto, lose a bunch of weight and transition to a balanced diet. And physiologically there's nothing stopping you from doing that. But I'm, God, I'm doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on this like, the things that we're doing must be things you could even conceivably think you're going to do forever. And that doesn't mean you don't change course. It's like, oh, I'm going to pick these habits and I could do them forever because I know that to be a fact. But I'm just so over anything that doesn't feel sustainable. I'm just like, I need it to be something you enjoy. I need it to be an amount of times in the gym that you can reasonably do. I don't want resentment built because you're spending less time with your kids than you want or resentment built towards like you think that you're letting me down because you skipped one of the gym days to go to your kid's soccer game or something. Like I'm just so over anything that is not seen as something I can do for the long term. The key to long lasting uh, like health related changes is long lasting behavior changes. And there is nothing else other than get, I wrote like getting to know yourself and your values asking yourself what sort of things are important and what sort of life you want to live, adopting a flexible mindset, knowing that there will be speed bumps and connecting with the idea that this is forever. And I'm I'm just, I'm sick of the, well, I'm going to do this, but I'm just going to do it for a while I lose weight. I, I just, I, I'm not saying that can't work. I'm just like, I'm, I'm kind of over like giving that a shot because I think that there's a downside to that. A ton of the, the search situation of this person maybe is asking this question. He's like, I've done a ton of shit that I never even actually really thought to myself, could I do this forever? Uh, I'm doing it because somebody else did it and they said that this worked or I saw it work for somebody else. Or like, how about you sit down and think about what you value? What sort of lifestyle do you want to live? What what things do you not want to give up? What are the, like those non-negotiables for you? Um, how might those run counter to the other health-related goals? You, oh, I can't give up my XYZ habit. Um, and just start to look at like, what are things I can implement today? Small things, most of the time, small things that I could really see myself doing forever. That the kind of person who wants what I would want, that person does these things all the time. I just, I don't know. I'm kind of, I cringe at the thought that I would once say that because I just am so in this place of it. You must be connecting with that. This is forever. I no more timeline for me. No more timeline. No more, it's gotta be done by this date. Like, yeah, there are things that we can, all right, I got a vacation here. Maybe I take a break. Or I'll go in the summer. Maybe I take a break. Fine. But no, like, big emotional weight hanging on a date. This is forever, man. Like, we're just doing this forever. And if you're like, I have a lot of clients who, like, didn't lose weight for the last six weeks of the year. But we're in an amazing mindset of, like, yeah, I'm not in this crazy huge rush. This isn't the best time right now. I'm gonna enjoy myself. It's part of my happiest life. You know, I'm doing habits that are gonna stick with me forever. Anyway, I'll stop monologuing. But this, like, Connecting with the idea that this is forever um, is so important. I'm, I'm over the like, well, I'll just do this challenge for these eight weeks or I'll just cut out sugar for this eight weeks. And I know we were kind of all against that anyway, but uh, even like people who are like, well, how do I, you, you hear this one all the time, I've been doing all this cardio and how do I transition to maintenance while doing not this cardio? And I'm like, I probably would have adopted a strategy during the fat loss phase where you didn't have to do an amount of cardio that you knew you wouldn't be able to sustain for the long term. To me, there's like, physiologically there's no reason you couldn't taper it down and, and maintain, but like this seems like psychologically uh, going to be difficult for you to manage dropping that and then accepting that that affects other things. And I don't know, to me, I'm just, I'm just over the like, I have to, we have to at least be, we have to at least think that I could do this forever reasonably.
I yeah, maybe long lasting uh, change comes down to the fact that you don't actually believe that you always have to be changing, uh, right? Instead of evolving, right? I mean, it's like if you look at it, like I love what you said from like a timeline perspective, like of a this is my life now. Like if I want to be someone who is an active person, that is what I am planning to do forever. I'm just going to be an active person. It's not going to have to look a specific way, but I'm going to be an active person versus someone who is trying to constantly lose weight until I'm 90 years old. Because if you want to be that person, then you will be that person. Totally. And like the things that you like the, it's not the lack of, of perceived flaws that's going to make you happy. It's accepting yourself. No, no, there's no thing out there that is like, you know, we've said it before, like 155. I, I, I hate myself. 154. I hate myself. 153. I hate 152, 151, 150. I love myself or whatever. It's like, that's not, that is not a thing. Um, we, and I think the more we can, uh, you know, you, if this is, these are standards and things that you would never put on somebody else that you care about, um, you know, like you, 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 you think you can't be happy because of this extra weight or because you haven't achieved this goal. Um, that, that is actually the thing. Like there is no there where all of this negative emotion about yourself and where you think you should be ends. That's another thing that we, you can feel two things at once. You can be frustrated with you are where, with where you are and also work towards accepting where you are. Um, but you're, you, this idea that like, uh, I'll, I'll force myself to do these things and then I'll feel better when I get there at the end of eight weeks or whatever. That's, that is not a thing. <laughs> it is. I love that idea of, you know, reminds me of the zoom out you were talking about in the very beginning of just like, this is a lifelong pursuit, a quality of life issue and connecting to yourself and what you really want is what it's all about. Yeah. Go cosmic guy yourself. <laughs> Dude, for real. All right, JL. See you next week. See you next week, guys. Thanks for listening. See you guys Bye. next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Where Optimal Meets Practical. If you liked the episode, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media or left a five-star review on iTunes. That stuff really helps. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on Instagram, at Jordan Lips Fitness. I'm always around to chat. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.